Good evening. We're ready to get started. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping notes. First of all, on Thursday night, Amir Tashem will be having our Daf Yomi Shir at the home of Hirsch Chin, who has opened up his home. Uh, he lives on Jerome, and I'll, we'll put out the address before that, Thursday night, 8.40, followed by Shir back with Rabbi Robinson. We gave him the week off this past week and happened to have been Zoha to Rabbi Brazil. If you're interested in hearing, it's on my channel on YouTube as well. You can see the recording there. Thanks again to Rav Tzvi for hosting. A wonderful uh, charcuterie board of, uh, of, of Basar at its finest. A little undercooked for my liking, but uh, nevertheless, very tasty. I took an end. I took an end. No, I, I'm, unso- I'm unsophisticated. Don't, don't, don't follow my lead. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two is that on Shabbos, Dafyomi is going to be a little earlier than normal. I think it's going to be at 5.15 uh, because we have a family shalashitis and I'll have to be there at that time. So we'll start a little earlier. It'll be in the announcement and I will let all of you know. Okay, here we go. We're learning Daf Chav Zayin and Masech Sukkah. And we're starting at a new Mishnah at the top of Daf Chav Zayin and Aleph. Uh, this is a great daf to, uh, to have some primary Mari Makomos about some basic ideas um, about sukkah. So let's get started. Machlokas in the Tanayim says the Mishnah, six lines down on Chavzayin Amar Aleph, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Arba, Arba Asrei Su'udos Chayv Adam Lechol B'Sukkah Achas B'Yom Achas Balayla. One is obligated to eat 14 meals over the course of sukkah, seven days. We live in Chutzlar, so we have an eighth day, but seven days. And you're supposed to eat one meal at night and one meal in the day and multiply that by seven. Seven times two is 14. That's the requirement. We'll see the Mari Makomos in the Gemara. But, um, and uh, that is his shita. The Chachamim argue. The Chachamim Omrim. That's not correct. There isn't a fixed number uh, that a person has to eat a certain number of meals on Sukkot. That's not the case. Um, and says the Gemara, except for the first night where he agrees even to Rabbi Eliezer, that on that first night, yes, there is a formal chiyuv, and that is not subject to your own interests and desires of food. On the first night, we push as much as we can to fulfill the mitzvah. Fine. The Ode, second part of the Mishnah, the Ode, Amar Rabbi Eliezer, Mishilo Achal, Lele Yom Tov Harishon, a person who does not eat uh, their suda, they don't have a, a, an appropriate amount of bread for the suda on that first night of Sukkot. The halacha is, Wow, there's tashlumen. We know that tashlumen applies by certain korbanos. It may apply by certain fasts. Uh, it certainly applies by davening. Just uh, this just happened this past week. A certain scenario where one of my kids had two of my kids actually had to say marvatushmonesters. That happened. So okay, it's fun. Then under, under those circumstances, then you have to make sure you know the halachos. So seemingly from our Mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer seems to be of the opinion if for whatever reason a person doesn't have that suit on the first night of Sukkot, they have to do Tashlumen. When is their Tashlumen? It's on the final day of Yontif. And to be clear, that's talking about Shmini Atzeres, which is the next Chag, right? They're all connected. It's in one bunch, but it's Shmini Atzeres. And that is the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. However, says the Gemara, 12 lines down or so, a quarter of the way down on Chavzayin Maralaf, toward the end of the Mishnah, there is no replacement meals. If you miss the first meal, so be it. You've missed it. You've lost the opportunity. And there is a pasuk that supports this idea that there is no tashlumen. And the Mishnah closes with a pasuk in Kohelas Me'uvas Lo Yuchaliskon. If you've made this error, you cannot correct it. And if there's something lacking, Lo Yuchalihimanos, you cannot be counted. So basically, a double machlokes. Machlokes number one is whether or not we say there's a fixed number of meals, Chachamim say 14 to a day. Sorry, the Rabbi Eliezer says 14 meals to a day. The Chachamim say no such thing, just the first night. And the second machlokas 
And the mission is whether or not there's Tashlumen if you miss that first meal. Yes. Does that mean that I think it was Rabbi Eliezer, he would mm -hmm. hold that Shmini Atzeres is actually part of Sukkot? No. No. But he does hold that the Tashlumen meal for day one goes over there. It's a good question. The Gemara is going to not exactly deal with that question, but uh, in an ancillary form, we'll touch on that. So ask again later today if it doesn't get clarified in the Gemara. So then the Mishnah opens up of almost a third of the way down on Chavzayin of an Aleph, my time of the Rabbi Eliezer. Why does he say that you're required to have 14 meals? Now, we often let the words flow off our tongue of Teshu Kein Taduru, but the, really it's Teshu is the word in the Pasuk. And the drasha is kein taduru. What's the pasuk? Pasuka teishvu shivas yamim. And the drasha is teishvu kein taduru. You should live in the sukkah just like you live in your house. We say it as though it's a phrase, but we should know, as, as learners, we should know that teishvu is the pasuk and kein taduru is the drasha. <coughs> so Rabbi Eliezer says, <coughs> the basuka teishvu shivas yamim. It should be like you live in your house. Madira, just like in your house or in your apartment, achas biyom achas balaylam. Normally, people eat one meal in the morning and one meal in the evening. Sukkah, the same should be true on sukkahs too. So if that's his drasha, that based on teshvu, which we understand, taduru, and therefore we're supposed to have 14 meals, the Rabbanon, what do the rabbis do with this drasha of teshvu taduru? So it says the Gemara, Kedira, it should be like your house. Didn't we just say that? Yeah, but they understand their house a very different way. I wasn't feeling well. I didn't eat dinner tonight. I made the choice. It's always up to me. I get, there's no chayuf to have a meal on Tuesdays. I can do whatever I want. So it says the Gemara, just like in your dira, the same is true by sukkahs. This is why the Rabbanan pushed back. The Chachamim say that, uh, that uh, Rabbi Eliezer got it wrong. Yeah, a lot of people have meals, chakras and mincha. That's great. But I don't. I only one meal a day. I eat three meals a day, five meals a day. You got people on certain diets. They have uh, what's, it, what's it called intermittent fasting. They only eat in the narrow part of the day. And then for the rest of the day, they're burning off, uh, you know, they're burning calories. Good for them. But so then does that mean that for that person, their Eteshu Kein Tadur is supposed to be five meals a day all of a sudden? No, like, no, your standards are not correct, Rabbi Eliezer. And the Chachamim push against that. And the same would be true by Sukkah. So says the Gemara, if the Chachamim are of the opinion that you can choose if you want to eat, then how do they say in the Mishnah that by the first night you're Mechuyav to eat? If your whole argument is it's Kadira, that I'm allowed to eat however I want and I'm not in the mood to eat, then what if on the first night I don't want to? He says the Gemara, just about halfway down, Ihachi, if the Chachamim are saying that you can be selective about what meals you have, and therefore that's what we learn from the Pasuk of Teshvu, Kein Taduru, Ihachi, if that's true, maybe I should say that on the first night of Yontif, it's also selective, I'm not in the mood. Forget about rain. I'm just not in the mood. I don't want to eat a meal. I'm just going to skip the whole meal altogether. Says the Gemara, we can't. And now we're going to be introduced for the first time, I believe in Shas, the first time of the principle of Tesvav, Tesvav, a famous Gzeir Shava between the worlds of Pesach and the world of, uh, of Sukkot. Amar Rav Yochanan, Mishun Rav Shimon ben Yehot Tzadok, Ne'emar Kan Chamisha Asar, Ne'emar Chamisha Asar Bechag Hamatzos. We have one reference by Sukkot where it says the 15th. We have one reference by uh, Pesach where it says the 15th. And here's the drasha. Malahalan, just like by Pesach, Laila HaRishon Chova, just like by Pesach, the first night is a night of Chova, but all of the remaining days of Pesach, if you never take one more bite of matzah, 
other than Shabbos, where you have a chiyuv for Shabbos to eat a suda. But on all other days, if you eat nothing else, mutter v'mutter, no problem at all. So afkan, we should assume the same exact thing is true because the gzeira shava from the world of Pesach to the world of Sukkot is a bridge. And we bring some halachos over from one side to the other. So just like by Pesach, the first night is a formal chiyuv. So to by Sukkot, uh, afkan, here too, laila rishon chov, amikan ve'elech rishon. So this explains the sheet of the Chachamim. Remember, the Chachamim pushed against Rabbi Eliezer and said, you think it's 14 meals to a day? It's not really true because not everybody follows that. It's not a requirement to eat two meals a day. So therefore, food is arbitrary. Eat whenever you want. I, they asked the Chachamim, okay, what about the first night? And they answered, no, 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 no. The first night, you are mechuyah, but not because of Rabbi Eliezer that you're required in 14 meals, but because of the Gzer Shavav Tesvav Tesvav. And just like by Pesach, you're obligated to eat Masav on the 15th of Nisan after Tesach Kochavim. So too over here, you're obligated to eat a meal? Fine. So says the Gemara, side point, really, because we're dealing with Hilchah Sukkah, but if you're making this Gzeira Shava to explain the sheet of the Chachamim, that you're supposed to eat the meal on the first night, over there by Pesach, how do we know your starting point of your Gzeira Shava? You want to say that the reason that you're supposed to eat on Sukkot on the first night, even according to the Chachamim, is because of Tesvav, Tesvav, because we do the same thing on, on, uh, on Pesach. How do you know? Says the Gemara, Amar Kra, Ba'erev Tochlu Matzos, that at night one is obligated to eat matzah, a reference to the 15. The Torah is very clear in establishing the obligation to eat matzah on the 15th of Nisan. And therefore, once we have our Gzeir Shava, it therefore extends from the world of Pesach over to the world of Sukkot, and therefore, even according to the Chachamim, who say that there is no kitzvah, there's no fixed amount of meals that one is obligated to have, still they're going to be obligated to eat that first meal on the first night of Sukkot. That brings us to the two dots, almost two-thirds of the way down. So it says the Gemara, the Amar Rabbi Eliezer, remember the second part of the Mishnah. What does the second part of the Mishnah say? So if you scan back up at the Mishnah, it says that there was a din of Tashlumen, that if a person doesn't eat the first meal on night number one of Sukkot, that they're obligated to replace that meal on Shmini Atzeres. So it says the Gemara, big halachic issue with that. That doesn't even work. How can you say that? The Amar Rabbi Eliezer, what did Rabbi Eliezer say about the 14 meals? You have a chiyuv to eat 14 meals in a sukkah. What was his drasha that we said above? Teshvu ke'en taduru. And just like teshvu ke'en taduru in your own house, you eat two meals, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, so too by sukkahs. But where are you supposed to eat them? What's his whole drasha? It's in the sukkah. So it says the Gemara, achas achas balayla. But the last yontif that where you're doing the tashlumen, there's no sukkah in Shemini so then if that's true, then how does your initial statement in the beginning of the Mishnah work? You said that your 14 meals had to be in a sukkah and your tashlumen is not in a sukkah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So says the Gemara, Amar Bira, Amar Rabbi Ami, Bira Rashi highlights is the name of a person, and Amar Rabbi Ami, he says it in the name of Rabbi Ami, Chazar Bo Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer retracted his shita. This is very, very difficult because we don't know what he retracted. And it's actually a machlokis on the page between Rashi and the Balea Tosfos. So what does Rashi say? Rashi's three inches above where we are, halfway down, Dibur Hamaschil, Chazar Bo Rabbi Eliezer. What does Rashi say? That Rabbi Eliezer was Chozer from. So Chazar Bo Rabbi Eliezer, Eitzel Chachamim, Lomar She'ein Ladavar Kitzvah. They undo their whole shita. You're right, there aren't 14 meals. That, that was their undoing. Now, we're going to skip the rest of Rashi. Look at Tosfos. It's Tosfos, Dibra Hamaschil, Chazarbo. 
And six, seven, eight lines from the bottom of the page, it's two lines before the new Tosfos, the Balea Tosfos there say, Lekach nir lefarish, he asks like five questions against Rashi. Lekach nir lefarish, that Chazar bo Rabbi Eliezer, Himashahoya matrich sukkah. So the big machlok is Rashi and Tosfos. Does Rabbi Eliezer still hold that you need 14 meals? And yes or no. So Rashi says, no, they were choser, but you don't need 14 meals. And therefore the Tashlumi can be whenever you want because it doesn't have the din of sukkah that has to be returned, that the meal has to be replaced in a sukkah. Mashenke and the Balea Tosfos say he still holds the 14 meals, but he removed the word sukkah from our Mishnah. So that's a big machlokas and how to understand Rabbi Eliezer between Rashi and the Balea Tosfos, where Rashi says that Rabbi Eliezer, the whole first part of the Mishnah scratched out. Mashenke, according to Tosfos, that first Mishnah is kept uh, with its integrity minus one word, which is the word besukkah, and they uh, remain in a machlokas. So then says the Gemara, three-fourths of the way down, mashlim b'mai. What, what do you have to do to replace that first meal? Okay, you missed the first meal, you overslept, whatever it is. So then says the Gemara, mashlim b'mai. By the way, what the Gemara doesn't deal with, what if you miss it because mitzar patramina sukkah? It was a torrential rain. It was a tornado. Whatever happened. What if it's an ones? You still chayiv and tashlum, and that really, that's a, an interesting shayla. We know by tefillah there are halachos like this. If the reason why you missed davening was accidental, it was a shogig or an ones, then you do tashlumen, but where you're, where it was b'mezid, there's no tashlumen by a tefillah b'mezid. I am intentionally skipping mincha because I'm not in the mood. Okay, so then if that happens, you have no tashlumen. That doesn't work. So then the, not, those halachos are not discussed here, and one would require some aforshim, probably rishonim and achronim, to, to discuss that. But how do we do tashlumen? Let's say, and remember that the tashlumen only applies to Rabbi Eliezer. That was the second half of the Mishnah, the machlokas Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer and the chachamim. Rabbi Eliezer held there was tashlumen. So within the camp of Rabbi Eliezer, where there is tashlumen, how, what did the tashlumen look like? Ilaim of the rifta, rifta's bread. If you want to say that you're having a bread-based meal, you're already having a bread-based meal, it's Shemini Atzeres. You're chayv to have a bread-based meal anyways. It says the Gemara, you're already eating the meal, but they're waking another piece of bread. There's zero, zero, uh, there's zero recognizability, if that's a word. Nothing can be seen. There's not nothing that's mukar, that you're doing anything different. You're eating a meal. That's not tashlumen. So then says the Gemara, yashlim, with some sweets, with some candies, something extra that you might not have done, maybe after the meal, but something that's a specific simon that indicates, yes, I missed the first night of Pesach. Family, we're bringing out a special treat because we messed up on the first day and that was a big problem. So we're doing our tashlumen. The Brisa writes the same thing. That if one is going to do a tashlumen for the first day, they can do so with some extra sweets. Shal Aputropus shall Agrippa Samelach. Someone who was in the service of Agrippa Samelach asked a question as Rabbi Eliezer. He says, uh, You said something in our mission about meals, that you're, you're supposed to have two meals a day. So he says, uh, The Aputropus, this guard, this helper of Agrippa said, Kigonani, what about someone like me? I only eat one meal a day. So is your din of two meals a day subjective or is it objective? Is it a magic number or is it specific to the person? Because if this guy only eats one meal a day and Rabbi Eliezer's din is subjective, then he only needs to have seven meals, one meal a day, and he should be yotze. Or do we say it's objective, the number is magic, and therefore you have to have 14? Maybe I should only have one meal a day on Sukkot and I should be Yotze. So Amar Lo, Rabbi Eliezer says back to the Apotropos of Agrippa Samelech, to this servant, Every day you're living in the palace. 
you walk around, there's hors d'oeuvres, there's trays of food, you're always stuffing your face before a meal. You eat a lot before a meal, and then you have your meal. And now when it comes to the quote koncha, when it comes to the quote shamayim, Make a make it work. Make it work. Just do it right. Just do the right thing, which is to eat fourteen meals. Namely, Rabbi Eliezer was of the opinion that fourteen meals was an objective number and not a subjective number. So it's an interesting deal. He held he held stark that that was really the norm that everyone would hold. You're supposed to eat two meals a day outside of Sukkot, and therefore on Sukkot Teshu Kain Taduru, you should do this. Next, another question, five lines from the bottom. Chav Zayin says the Gemara. But Od Shalu, another question that was asked. Kegonani. Let's say that a person is married to two women and they lived in different cities. And they lived in different cities. Not only that, I have a sukkah for each of my families. So says the Gemara, a question that on its face we wouldn't even understand, but we will understand by the time we turn the page or once we turn the page. What is the din about going from my sukkah in family one? to my other sukkah in family too. Is that allowed? Well, we're thinking like, who cares? So a sukkah is a sukkah is a sukkah. By the way, the word ve'epater should be uh, removed from the Gemara, stricken. The um, the Kisveyad did not have that word and it should be removed. So what does Rabbi Eliezer say back to, <coughs> to the apotropos of Agrippa Samelech? Omar, lo, lo, you're not allowed to do that. Why not? Why, why can't you go? Have you ever eaten out on sukkahs before? I ate one meal in my sukkah, one meal in my parents' sukkah. And we're all over the map, my sister. We're all over the place. So how does it work out? Amar lo, lo, you're not allowed. And what here is a unique sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. You're not allowed to leave your sukkah. That sukkah is home base. And all of your sukkah experiences have to happen in that one sukkah. Shani Omer, Wild idea. The Rabbi Eliezer says your sukkah is the sukkah. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi just... Uh, articulates this with still sharper language. The last Rashi on the page, even the days, let's say you're two, three, four days into Sukkot, you've been using your own Sukkot, or let's take the case of the Gemara, you're with your Rebetzin and Sipori. Fine. And then halfway through, you're like, okay, I'm going to go be with my other family in Tveria, and you switch. So it says the Gemara, in that case, even retroactively, the first few days that you spend Sukkot with that family, the Eina Mitzvah. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Why is this the case? So says the Gemara, recognizing that we are not all Talmidei uh, Chachamim. I had no idea what this was till I learned it. Tanya, what's the Brisa that indicates Rabbi Eliezer Shita? Tanya, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Ein Yotzin Misukkah One is not allowed to go from one sukkah to another. They have to stick with their home base the whole way through. We'll see a story that seems to violate this, and we'll have to answer up for that. But in the meantime, this is the basic din of Rabbi Eliezer, one sukkah. Ve'ein osin sukkah And as well, one should not build a sukkah on cholamoid. We'll dig into this in a little bit. All of this is Rabbi Eliezer. But the Chachamim dissenting opinion, Chachamim Omrim, that's not correct, Rabbi Eliezer. Yotzin mi sukkah And we, of course, paskin this way. The one is not obligated to deal with only one sukkah. They can be in as many sukkahs as they want. The osin sukkah v'chulo shalmoid. And as well, one is allowed to build a sukkah. And the Brisa concludes with the following line. V'shavin, both Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim agree that she'im nafla that if a sukkah does fall down, and that happens here in Chicago all the time, or at least the schach blows off, whatever it is, under those circumstances, the din is that one is in fact allowed to rebuild their sukkah if it fell down during Chol Hamur. Now, let's analyze this, Brisa. My time with the Rabbi Eliezer, 
where, where does this whole thing come from that you're only allowed to be in one sukkah? How could that be that you're only allowed to be? Where this is so foreign to us because we travel all over the place for sukkahs. So it says the Gemara, my time at Rabbi Eliezer, five lines down, he says it's based on a Pasuk in Chumash. You should make a sukkah for seven days. And there's a mistake in the Gemara, or I should say a, ver a variant in the Girsa. It should be a say sukkah leshiva. Not leshiva, the Kisveyad, take it out. There's a long note here. You could read through it. There's different variations of this Gemara, but this version is certainly wrong. It should be a say sukkah leshiva. You should make a sukkah for yourself for seven days. One sukkah. So says the Gemara, if that's the drush of Rabbi Eliezer, and that's why Rabbi Eliezer says home base and only home base, you get one sukkah. So then asks the Gemara, Virabanan, how does the other shita argue? It's, it's a clean drasha. Like, why would you not say that? Says the Gemara, Virabanan, hachi kamarachmano. Rabbi Eliezer, you misread the Pasuk. I say sukkah bichag. You are allowed to build a sukkah even on Chag, even during Chol Hamoy, not on Yantif. Let's be clear. Cannot and never build a sukkah on Yantif. The sukkah's muksa, bonez aser, dozens of problems for sure. But he says, you're, you've read the Pasuk wrong. It, mean, it means that you can build a sukkah. And now looking back at our Mishnah, the, the Bryce at the top of the page, now we understand why their machlok has tied these two issues together. Number one, can you move from sukkah to sukkah? And number two, can you build a sukkah during Cholamoy? Those seem like two totally different topics. But the reason why they included them is because they were arguing how to understand the Pasuk. And the way Rabbi Eliezer understood the Pasuk was, this sukkah has to last for seven days. And the Chachamim said back to him, you learned the Pasuk wrong. The Pasuk means you can build a sukkah during Cholamoy. So when Rabbi Eliezer quoted his sheet on the very top line, he says, and you can't make a sukkah on Cholamoy. He was contrasting his understanding with, with the Chachamim. And that's why the Gemara, the, the Brisa here at the top of this page, puts together these seemingly two random shitas as it relates to uh, Hilcho Sukkah, one being about whether or not you are allowed to leave your one Sukkah and whether or not you can build during Chol So that's how the Rabbanon get out of it. Then the Brisa had concluded with the quote, The Brisa had concluded that both Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim agree that if a Sukkah falls down on Chol the Halacha is... <clears throat> that you can rebuild the sukkah. So asks the Gemara 10 lines down, Pshita? I mean, well, of course, it fell down on the Cholamoy. What are you supposed to do? You got to rebuild. You got to keep the mitzvah. You have yantif's coming up. So says the Gemara, Pshita. Says the Gemara, no, that's not so simple. Mahu detema. I might have thought that, hi, that this new sukkah that I just built is acharisihi. It's a, now it's a new, different sukkah. I took my, my collapsed sukkah and I rebuilt it. The Eina... Uh, and this is not my sukkah, my seven day or sukkah of Rabbi Eliezer, and therefore it should not work. That uh, that is not the case. If you rebuild your sukkah, it is still the same sukkah. Now, of course, all of this is only within Rabbi Eliezer because the Chachamim say outright you can rebuild a sukkah during Chol Hamoy. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, I might have thought that if you rebuild the sukkah, now this sukkah is no longer the original sukkah. And too bad for you. It's not like you did anything wrong, but you're stuck. You can't fix this problem. Sukkah number one is gone. Kamash Malanda, when you rebuild your sukkah, it has the status halachically of sukkah number one. How much of it did you change? Did you replace all the panels? Okay, you got to get into the Rishonim. But, but the point is that Rabbi Eliezer uh, can be substantiated in this way. And then the Brayser writes about, uh, about 10, 12 lines down, Tanya Rabbi Eliezer. A little bit of a nudin that just like I cannot use your lulav 
to be yotze unless I make a Kenyan on your lulav. So how do I know that that's true? How do I know that there's a din of lachem, that there's a din of ownership as it relates to a lulav? Because the Pasuk writes, It has to be yours. So just like we know that when it comes to lulav, there's a din of lachem, that it has to be yours. So too says the Gemara, This is more a Rabbi Eliezer of the top line from the Bryce at the top of the page. Rabbi Eliezer says one sukkah the whole way through. Here we see the same thing. You can't be in someone else's sukkah. There's a din of lachem. How do we know that this is true? That there's a din of lachem by sukkah, says the Gemara, because the Pasuk says, So it seems to be that just like we know that there's a din of lachem by a sukkah, by, by Lulav and Esrog, so too there's a din of lachem by a sukkah. That's the shita of Rabbi Eliezer. However, again, all of these are party lines. So like the b'risa that we saw above where there is a machlokas as to whether or not you're allowed to use one sukkah or many sukkahs, Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim respectively, these shitas are going to align. Rabbi Eliezer was also of the opinion that your sukkah has a din of lachem. And because your sukkah belongs to you, only you can use your sukkah and nobody else can. And you can't use anybody else's sukkah because there's a din of lachem. Party line, perfect. The chachamim or mem no. The chachamim say afal pisha amru ein adam yotzei dechavas el biyom to rishon belulav oshel chaveru. I'm asking with you, Rabbi Eliezer, that there is a din of lachem when it comes to the sugya of lulav and esrog. That's for sure. Aval yotzei dechavas besukas oshel chaveru. That's not the case. That a sukkah is a din of lachem. A sukkah. Any sukkah is valid. You go into a restaurant, hundreds of people use it. It's certainly not yours. You walk into the restaurant, you sit down, and you're done. Perfectly mutter. So that's what he says. That's the machlokas. They agree about Lulav and Esrog, there's a din of Lachem. However, when it comes to the din of a, of a sukkah, there we have a machlokas. Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that a sukkah is a din of Lachem, that it has to be your sukkah only. Masha'en the sheet of the Chachamim is that there's no din of Lachem, of personal ownership, when it comes to the world of sukkah. And what's the pasuk that the Chachamim used to support their shita? Dechsiv, the pasuk writes almost halfway down, kol ha'ezrach b'Yisrael yeshvu basukos. Melamed, what does that pasuk teach us? That all the citizens of Israel should sit in sukkahs. Says the Gemara, Melamed, it teaches us, should kol Yisrael ru'yin leshev b'sukkah achas, everyone can sit in one sukkah. But because of the way these drushas played out, the Gemara has a few questions. Here's the first one, v'rabanan. According to the Rabbanan, who say that when it comes to sukkah, there's no din of lachem. But what did you do with the pasuk that Rabbi Eliezer used to prove lachem? Says the Gemara, hi, quote, lecha, unquote, my darshebe. Because the way that Rabbi Eliezer learned out that a sukkah has a din of lachem was because the pasuk said lecha. Well, well, then you have to answer for that. What does the word lecha teach you? So he says, no, the word lecha is to teach you that you can't steal someone's sukkah and use it for a mitzvah. But to borrow a sukkah? No problem. Perfect. So Rabbi Eliezer is, uh, has his shita and the Chachamim has his shita. Everything's clear. Rabbi Eliezer, hi kol ha'ezrach, my avidle. If the if the kol ha'ezrach is a din that we from which we see from the chachamim that a sukkah can be used by anyone, Rabbi Eliezer, you clearly don't hold of that because you hold that a sukkah is lecha lachem. The sukkah has a din of lachem. Then what do you, Rabbi Eliezer, do with the words of kol ha'ezrach? Hi kol ha'ezrach, my avidle. So he says the Gemara. He answers the Gemara as as follows halfway down. Mi boile leger shenis gair ben time the katan shenis gadol shenis gadol ben time. Let's say that a person completes their conversion in the midst of sukkah. 
Now, Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion you can't build a sukkah on Cholamoid unless it falls down. But you just became a Yid right now. Oh, so Rabbi Eliezer says that's what Kolha Ezrach means. That if you became an Ezrach, if you became a citizen of the Jewish people in the midst of Sukkot, then the halacha is that even according to the Machmir Shit of Rabbi Eliezer, that you're not allowed to build a Sukkah in the midst of Cholamoid, when it comes to Gerus, you are allowed. And as well, the famous discussion of Vikotan Sheni Skadel, let's say a baby was born <coughs> in the midst of Pesach. He was born on the third day of Pesach, right? Uh, Sukkot, excuse me. Hey, I'm watching your face. <laughs> third day of Sukkot. And then his bar mitzvah is on the third day of Sukkot too. So he becomes a bar on the third day. He doesn't have a Sukkah. He's all by himself. So there too, we say he's, he's chayv in that. The big lambdas of this Shiloh of Katan Shehigdil is by Sfira Saomer. That's a big lambdas to say for Achinuch and the Minchas Chinuch discuss this because Tam there's a Chakira by the mitzvah of Sfira Saomer, is it one mitzvah or is it 49 mitzvahs? If you say it's one mitzvah, so then you're late to the party and therefore you can't make any brachos. You miss the first 10, 15, 20 days whenever your bar mitzvah is. So katan shehigdil on the 10th day of the Omer, you should not be able to make the brachos for the rest of Sfira Saomer if in fact we say that it's one mitzvah. Nebuch, you're late. It's just what it is. You'll get it next year. However, if you say that every day is a mitzvah, then the katan shehigdil should be able to make a bracha. And this is a similar mitzvah that. How do we treat mitzvos that have a length of time more than a day, how do we treat a katan that became a gadol after the beginning of a mitzvah? That's the, this child is being posed here. Rabbi Eliezer says that, according to me, and the question only applies to him, because the chachamim allow for the building of a sukkah during kol ha-moid. So that's how he uses the words kol ha-ezrach in order to teach the case of katan she-nizgayer time, the katan she-nizgadel time, that we are allowed to build a sukkah, or they are allowed to build a sukkah, as they have become Bar Chiyuva. Says the Gemara, the Rabbanan who allow the building of a sukkah and cholamoid out of the gates, they never argued that. They always said it's mutter. We don't even need we don't even need a pasuk. So there's no reason to ask how do you learn that other din. You're allowed the, the kata and then the ger they can build it without a pasuk in chumash because it's mutter for anyone to build a sukkah during during cholamoid. No problem at all. Couple of stories. Two thirds of the way down, Chavzayin Amid Beis. We're going to go to uh, the top of Kavches Medalev to the second line. It says the Gemara, two thirds of the way down, about ten lines before the wide lines. Tana Rabban and the rabbis taught us in Abraisa. Maisa Berev Iloi Shahalach Lahakbil Penei Rabbi Eliezer Rabo Belud Beregel Bariloi Rabbi Loi went to go be Mekabel Penei Rabo. We're going to learn about this din more formally, but we did learn it already once that there is a mitzvah to be Makbil Penei Rabo to see one's rav. Um, on, uh, on the Chagim. So that's what he did. He went to go see Rabbi Eliezer in the city of Lud. Amar lo, Eloi, Eincha Mishov So his Rebbe said to him, you're not so from, you're, you're, not, you're not being Shovez properly. You're not keeping the holiday properly. Shahaya, uh, yeah. Shahaya Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Meshabeach Ani, Eshoat, Slanim, Shein, Yotzim, Yibatein, Beregel. I prefer everybody stay home. You're not supposed to leave your sukkah. Your sukkah is your sukkah. His sukkah is his sukkah. Don't leave. So says the Gemara, wait a second. He shouldn't have been Makbil Pnei Rabo. Aini, is that correct? That he should have stayed home and not been Makbil Pnei Rabo? How can that be? And here is the formal Mari Maklam to be Makbil Pnei Rabo. Rav Yitzchak was of the opinion 
This is quoted in the Rambam Lahalacha. Minayin Shachayev Adam Lahakbil Pene Rabbo Beregel. How do we know that a person is obligated to go see their their Rebbe on on the Regel on Sukkot and on all of the Shalosh Regalim? Shneemar, as this, as the Torah speaks about Haisha Shunamis, it's actually not in the Torah. It's in the in the Nevi'im. It's in Sefer Malachim. Madua Atoleches Elav Hayom. Her husband of the Isha Shunam says, "Why are you going to visit him today? Lo Chodesh, velo Shabbos. It's not a, it's not a holiday, and it's not Shabbos. So, why are you being makbel Panei Rabo? I don't understand." So says the Gemara. What do we imply from this pasuk Michlal? It seems from the way that the husband was speaking to the wife as to when she was going to be makbel Panei Rabo Michlal de Bechodesh that when there's a holiday Bechabes and it's Shabbos Mechayv in Ishlaq Bule Ape Rabe. So if that's case, we the case we have a stira. We have on the one side, Rabbi Eliezer saying, stay home. And we have on the other side saying, don't stay home. Go be Makbil Panei Rabba. Which one's right? So says the Gemara, a beautiful answer. Lokasha, three lines before the wide lines. How do we solve this contradiction in Mari Makomos? Says the Gemara, ha, in one case, it is da'azil da'asibiyomeh. It's appropriate, even within Rabbi Eliezer's camp, who says stay home the whole time. It's appropriate to be Makbil Panei Rabba if you can go back and forth within the same day. That's azil va'asi biyome in one day. However, had azil va'loasi biyome. But if you're going and it's taking too long, it's a three day. That's not right. That's not right. Then the din of being makbel pnei rabbo doesn't apply to you if your rebbe lives so far away. We live close to Rabbein. We can all make an effort. Bring 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 the mishpacha. Go visit the shul rabbi. That's great. That's very that's very appropriate. It's a beautiful idea because we'll be home by by four p.m. It's easy. Mashain Ken, if it's going to be a very far walk, that should not be done. Tanu Rabban on two lines before the wide lines. Maisab Rabbi Eliezer. Shalosh Regalim. It seems to be Shabbos too from the Gemara, actually. It seems that way. It's not the way. Intent, we should visit the Rabba. I'm sorry? Intent, we should visit you too, huh? No. Rabbi. No. <laughs> I am not giving you my address, no. <laughs> Uh, it's supposed to be uh, the Poseka. It's supposed to be a uh, Dayan, the Chashav Rabbanam of the community of which I am not a part yet. Maybe when I'm older. Probably not, though. Tana Rabbanam, the rabbis have taught us in Ebrisa, Maisab Rabbi Eliezer, Shashavas Begalil Ha'elyon, Besukaso Shalrav Yochanan Berebilai, Bekesari, Va'amrila Bekesari Yon. So Rabbi Eliezer, of all people, of all people, Rabbi Eliezer is the one who says, stay home, stay home, stay home. What was he doing uh, up in Kesari or Kisaryon, whatever the name of the city was? That doesn't even make any sense. He, he, that's where he had Yontif, but we'll have to speak about that. All of a sudden, the sun started to kick in. Amar Lohi says to the Rebbe, Am I allowed to take a sheet and cover us over because it's very hot? So the uh, Rashi highlights this, that the Shiloh that the Gemara is asking is, uh, let's just read Rashi because he helps it a little bit better than I can. Uh, Three-fourths of the way down, two-thirds of the way down. Dibur HaMaschel, Maush Efos Le'asadin, says Rashi, Litzel, to make shade. Shalot Tishazfeich, so that you don't get all burned Hashemesh. Mi Aser Mishum Mosif Al Ohel Arai B'Shabbos Olo. Is there an Iser? of adding on to an Ohel Arai on Shabbos, yes or no? That's the question of the Gemara. So back in the Gemara, second line of the wide lines, that was the question Rabbi Eliezer was asking. Omar Lo, he changes the topic. He wasn't willing to answer. You know, total total pivot. Did you know that all of the Shvatim, unbelievable, they all had Shoftim? Unbelievable, wow. Question, non-sequitur answer. Then he tries again. The sun keeps moving because that's what the sun does or the earth keeps moving. All of a sudden, piping hot. It's like right, it's halfway up the sukkah. It's getting very hot. So it says the Gemara, uh, What about now? 
Amar lo, out of left field. Oh, not forget about Shoftim. Let's take it to the next level. Even Nevi'im, unbelievable. They were Nevi'im. Shevet Yehuda, Ben Yamin, Hamidu Malachim, Alpi Nevi'im. And even they got kings out of the deal. You got David, you got Shaul. So then finally, the sun continues. So finally, the direct, the direct sunlight is hitting the feet of Rabbi Eliezer. Shal Rabbi Eliezer. So what does Yochanan do? Natal Yochanan Sadenu Pires Aleha. So what does he do? He takes a sheet and he spreads it out. That's him showing his psak that it's mutter to be mosi on an ohel arai. It's okay. You're allowed to add to the tent. No problem. That's permissible under the circumstances. So it says the Gemara, Hifshel Rabbi Eliezer Taliso La'achoraviyatza. He took his talus and threw it over his shoulder and he's out of here. What was the problem? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi, six lines from the bottom. Dibur Hamaschel Viyatza, three lines before the, maybe seven lines from the bottom, three lines before the wide lines. He didn't agree with that. He felt that it was us to be Mosif on an Ohel Arai on a temporary tent. Fine. So says the Gemara, why was Rav Yochanan skirting the question the whole time? So says the Gemara, It wasn't to, to be difficult. It wasn't for any other reason. Ella, he had a very strict policy. He never quoted a halacha that he didn't hear from his Rebbe's mouth. And he never asked his Rebbe the Shail about being Mosifan and Oel Arai. And because he never asked his Rebbe about being Mosifan and Oel Arai, he didn't have an answer. So therefore, he didn't answer it. It wasn't being difficult. But he knew what the halacha was on his own because he was matir. He said, I'm going to be Mosifan and Oel Arai. It annoyed Rabbi Eliezer, so he left. But he knew the din. He just wouldn't pass in it because he felt for the public because that was his guideline. I only say what my Rebbe teaches me. Then asks the Gemara five lines from the bottom, Akashia on the Shita of Rabbi Eliezer. How could you have done this? Hechi, Avid, Hachi, of all people. The Amar Rabbi Eliezer, En Yotzin Misuka, Lesuka. What are you doing? What are you doing? You are literally the person who said that this is not allowed. So says the Gemara, Regel Acher Havoy. It wasn't Sukkot. It was a different holiday. It was Pesach. And there was a sukkah type of structure that they were sitting in. The sun was coming in. And he's like, hey, what's the din about being most found in OLRI? It, it wasn't, it wasn't sukkahs. It was Pesach. It was Shavuos. And they were sitting in a hut that happened to have had green schach at the top. Okay, that's that's totally fine. That's not Baltosif. Uh, Baltosif is when you, well, we'll discuss that. Is that today? No, not today. Uh, well, Baltosif is an, uh, a separate sukkah. It's not Baltosif when you're doing this on, on Pesach, but on sukkahs, on the day after sukkahs, that would be taka, a big problem. So that was how the Gemara says how Rabbi Eliezer got out of this, is that it wasn't sukkahs. In general, he says that. Stay home. Stay home. It's time not, not time to be away from the family. Stay home. What are you doing? So it says the Gemara, Shabbos Havoy. It wasn't a holiday at all. It was a regular Shabbos. Okay, so now one last uh, quick sugya for the night, and it's not really a, a different sugya, it's connected. Why did Rabbi Eliezer ask a shayla to Yochanan Barilai about whether or not you can be Moses on an OLRI? We already have precedent that Rabbi Eliezer himself paskin this shayla, and we learned this sugya probably five times already, Masechus Erevin. So I think it's an Erevin. Um, nope. Yep, Shabbos and Erevin, both. So it says, what's the sugya there? That's not in the Mishnahites. Pekaka chalon, if you have some type of shutter that covers your window, the way that their windows were built back in the day, they just had a hole in their wall and they would just kind of put like, I guess the equivalent of plywood over the 
over the window to keep uh, birds out, to keep bugs out, to keep people out. So it says the Gemara, are you allowed to close that on Shabbos? Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Bizman, If it's tied, if there's a rope that's holding up the shutters, so that when it's time to go to bed, you drop the rope and you, that's not a problem at all. That's mutter. Pokekinbo. Last line, if it's not the case, if there's no rope on it, so then that's not allowed. Then ain't pokekinbo. However, they are matir no matter what. What's problematic about this? What's problematic is that isn't this being Mosif on an Ohel Arai? Isn't this exactly what we're talking about? It doesn't sound exactly the same to me. It's not an Ohel Arai, it's a house. But it does seem that adding an extra covering, according to Rabbi Eliezer, would be usser. And if it's not allowed in the house, it's probably not allowed in the case of the Suf either. Why didn't he paskin that way? So says the Gemara on the top of Kavchesim and Aleph, Hasam hu when it comes to the case of this, uh, when it comes to the case of the pikak, that's what Rashi says, it's mevatel to the house. When it comes to the sheet that you're using in the sukkah, lo mevatel, where it's not going to become batel, lo. So in such a case, we would not necessarily have said that. And therefore, we cannot learn from this sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. We'll stop right here. We'll pick up at the top of Kavches Aleph, wishing you all a beautiful night.